to the voice of freedom and the American counter-revolution. Welcome to Radio Contra, and I am your host, the Commandante of the Mossy Oak Militia, and that is all of you out there, the common man, and it is very good to be back with you for another podcast tonight and getting some stuff cranked out before the big RTO, advanced RTO and signals intelligence course down in Florida with Angry American. That's right, the author and uh, survivalist extraordinaire of uh, the uh, Going Home series. And I'm really, really looking forward to getting down there with him. Every time I hang out with him, it's it's always Uh, A great time and a ruckus, and we are going to have a heck of a lot of fun. And uh, got a packed house down there. Got a packed house down there, so we're going to be doing some great things. But we will have, we will have another episode of Sons of Liberty kicked out tomorrow night. So all of you who are just uh, really chomping at the bit. And I get a lot of emails about this every day uh, for the live shows, just telling me how much you get out of those. Let not your heart be troubled. We will be live and on the air. And I'm looking forward to it with uh, all of you joining in. And you can get into the chat room uh, using the the, uh, Podbean app. And you can get into the live show. There's a lot of really cool live shows that are on Podbean, by the way. Uh, Our very gracious native host. And uh, speaking of Podbean and all of you out there, this wonderful audience, the entire Mossy Oak Militia family out there, you have made this podcast not just in the top 100, uh, according to Podbean, but we are currently ranked number 61, and that is going over the top of a lot of very well-known podcasts, a lot of nationally known syndicated radio show hosts as well. You have uh, boosted us to number five in news commentary, and wow, uh, wow. All, all I can say is thank you out there. Thank you for making this podcast the the absolute smash hit that it has been with absolutely no fanfare whatsoever, no social media presence whatsoever, uh, no, you know, no Facebook, no Twitter, none of that. Now, AmericanPartisan.org does have a Facebook and a Twitter page. Um, I'm not involved in that. That is Patriot Man. That's all him. Over there, I'm busy working on literally everything else, and that is his domain over there. So if you have questions regarding the patron episodes, which a new episode is up right now, uh, if you have the app, you probably have already seen it by the time you hear this podcast, you've always already seen it. And, uh, you know, maybe not out there, but it is Gray Man Vehicles, and urban loadout considerations for operating in non-permissive environments with vehicles. So that is a patron-only episode at the $5 level and above. And uh, for all of the people out there, I'm literally overwhelmed with the amount of support that those lessons have got and the, the really uh, positive words from the Interrogation Resistance Series in five parts to the Gray Man series, to clandestine communications devices, to cell phone knowledge. Got a whole lot of stuff that I'm going to be kicking out 
for everybody out there who can't maybe necessarily make it to a weekend or week-long class, can't justify the time, can't justify the cost, hey, I get it. For a subscription every month, you're going to get lessons, okay, stuff that is original content that I'm putting up. Maybe it is blocks of instruction from classes that I am going to be running through. Could be a whole lot of things. I've got a, a long list of topics here of fresh lessons that I'm going to be kicking out weekly uh, out to all of you. Getting at least one out per week. Um, typically, I like to get more than just one out but you know when i'm teaching classes and stuff it, it, it's a little hard but at least one per week getting it out to all of you and that's at the five dollar level okay at the one dollar level that gives you access to the entire back catalog of radio contra going all the way back right because we are currently on the 120th episode and so from episode 96 going back back all the way back to 001 and I did a lot of content back then that was very educational as well and for as low as one dollar a month you can support this podcast help it grow help it grow help me be able to build it into what all of you see it as being envisioning it as being it is really taken off it was something that uh, I started literally on a whim saying, Hey, you know, I want to, I want to reach a broader audience. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've, I've always been a huge fan of, of talk shows and, and radio talk shows, talk radio, and, uh, uh several of the, the great and, and legendary hosts out there over the years and listen to a, a lot of talk radio growing up. And, and here we are, you know, here we are doing all of this and, and, you know, you guys were there, part of the journey, part of the journey, part of making this the the, the unexpected hit that it has become. And uh, wow, all, all I can say is is thank you, uh, thank you, and thank thank you to everybody who has provided that support and provided those words of encouragement in the comments sections that are just overwhelming with with uh, great stuff. And uh, really a big shout out to our sponsors as well. Podcast sponsors, of course, you know, right off the top, Jack Lawson with Civil Defense Manual Volume 1 and 2. I think it is absolute required reading. If you are a prepper, if you are a person who cuts on the news and some of the stuff that we're going to talk about in this episode and you see what is coming, you need this book. Okay, you need this book in two volumes. You need it. It is written by subject matter experts from as broad an array of, of fields that you can ask for. I wrote the communications chapter in it. So get that book. If you ever wanted to have a, a uh, quick start guide on any one topic, you, you pick it when it comes to civil defense. With communications, I wrote it with... Um, People with no experience whatsoever in mind, even including a, a gear list. So I didn't write this for electrical engineers or, you know, talking over your head or using terms that you really can't understand. This is all in bargain basement level, not going to break the bank, things that you can afford and build that capability. And it is all in that book. So definitely go get that. A shout out to my friends over at Blacksmith Publishing. Blacksmith Publishing, uh, Mike Blackburn and Paul LeFavor, two guys who literally need no introduction in the special operations community, being longtime instructors of the Special Forces Small Unit Tactics course and writing the Army's handbook on small unit tactics. You need that book. It's available on Amazon. There's going to be a link down below in the show notes. Please click on that. That's going to give us just a little bit of support. Uh, just a little bit, but it's definitely going to support them. But they're not a one-trick pony. They are devout in their faith. They're outspoken about that. They are conservative, great Americans. Back in uh, episode 97, I was blessed to have them up here in the guerrilla camp, and we did an interview. Uh, it was my very first in-person interview, by the way, so we were kind of having to makeshift some equipment. I was caught off guard by it, 
but the the interview was absolutely amazing. You couldn't have asked for more wisdom packed into uh, just over an hour in there. But as much wisdom was in that podcast, there's so much more in their books. Iron Sharpening Iron, I think, is required reading for anyone calling themselves an American man out there. You need that book. 100% required reading. And finally, Tactical Wisdom, Joe Dolio, Marine Corps veteran, criminal investigator, prepper extraordinaire, global war on terror vet, Iraq vet. The guy's got a qualification list a mile long. He's got three volumes out now of Tactical Wisdom. They are available on Amazon. If you click the link down below, it's going to take you directly to his website, however, and I've got links up to go over to Amazon as well. You need these books. He is a prepper and he is a like-minded guy. The interview that I did with him uh, was very high energy for anybody who listened to it because when you get on that same page with somebody and you really click and you really connect, you know, you get fired up. And uh, I'm telling you, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You need his books. Okay, you need his books. They are available on Amazon as well as directly from him, tacticalwisdom.com. So, we are coming up on the one-year anniversary of the January 6th Capitol Hill riot that a number of uh, media pundits and you know, whatever other losers over at uh, the Commie News Network and Joy Reid over at MSNBC. And, uh, yeah, funny, funny thing about Joy Reid is this podcast, Radio Contra, is literally beating Joy Reid's ratings on TV. What Joy's ra- Joy Reid's ratings on television are getting beat by the stats, the listenership that we have here on Radio Contra. Between between the the download numbers, which are through the roof, and the, the listeners that I have, because it's, it's two separate numbers uh, that I have access to, we are beating those ratings. Uh, so... <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, big, big victory for alternative media out there. But you, you've got these dirtbag losers in, in the media who, who are literally not self-aware. I, I think that it's hilarious that, um, you know, the, the right obviously shut them off a long time ago. The left really doesn't pay much attention to them anymore. Uh, either, you, you know... Reed is is kind of a loser and kind of stupid, really. I mean, you know, and if if you listen to her, I mean, she doesn't really make coherent points. I mean, she can't uh, stick to a message very well unless it's something that's self serving. Um, so, but but anyway, I mean, they they pick these people, they put them up there for an agenda, and you know, it's it's sock puppetry, and it's that way in, in conservative circles too. That that's outside of uh, alternative media, because nobody owns me, uh, nobody owns me. This I own this. This this is literally me. Um, I have no no script, no agenda other other than making America great. Uh, once more, and and continuing to do so, and fighting the counter-revolutionary fight uh, that we have here in the streets here in, in America, that I think is uh, going to get a lot worse, and I'm going to be laying out the case for that in this episode. But you have you have all these media pundits that are now claiming they have PTSD from 6 January, uh, which I think is is absolutely absolutely absurd. Um, you know, they're, they're out there really quick to claim that they're, they're the next Ernie Pyle. Um, when, you know, a a lot of these people are just blithering cowards. Um, and, and I think that it's absolutely shameful. There there is real journalism that's happening here in the U S there's real journalism that is occurring. You know, uh, people like Michael Yawn, people like, um, uh, Darren Beatty, out there, people like Andy know these guys are doing the real journalism. They're really stepping up and they're paying the price for it. Uh, they're absolutely paying in every single one of them. They're paying the price for this. 
Uh, Darren Beatty, I was, I was looking at uh, Revolver.News, which is a, a uh, should be a daily read for everybody out there. And, and um, you know, we've, we've shared a couple of emails and, you know, he, he's not the only person over there who shared a couple of emails in the past. Um, he's, of course, done a, a lot of good work with exposing uh, the infiltration that, that was happening in, in certain groups and, and what was happening at the Capitol when he talked about it. But I mean, the, the solid January 6th committee, uh, which is just a Democrat witch hunt. I, th- I think it's really ironic that any attempt to call them out uh, on their nonsense when Republicans are uh, pretending to be running the show. They, they always call it McCarthyism. Oh, it's, it's McCarthyism. They're going to uh, have the House Committee on Un-American Activities again and, you know, all, all this stuff, right? But when they do it, oh, it's it's noble. It's no, They're fighting to save this republic, right? It, I mean, come on. You, you've got Eric Swalwell up there who, uh, you know, is his prostitute girlfriend is quite literally a Chinese intelligence agent. It is a complete honey trap happening right there. Um, you know, we have communist infiltration all throughout the House of Representatives. We have AOC who is going in and vacationing down in Miami, uh, proving Orwell correct, uh, quite literally, that, that all, all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. Uh, you know, it, it's of course carousing with everybody, no mask on, right? None of that. While you know, they in, in our own district, the small business owners have been completely shut down, and uh, kids can't go to school, and, and I mean, it's an absolute wreck, right? It's an absolute. But what what else would you expect from somebody who got their job from a casting couch, and gets their talking points literally handed to them? And as long as she stays on the script and she doesn't deviate from it, she's always going to have a job. They're going to keep her right where she's at. And she's all too eager, right? She's all too eager to keep it up. But point is, is behind all this is that, you know, they, they're really drumming this up. And, and of course, the, the one-year anniversary, we, we can't say in America that we don't have political prisoners because we absolutely do. We absolutely do. We have... Prisoners who are being held simply for the crime of being there, being there at the January 6th rally. Now, I happen to know uh, several people with some pretty serious backgrounds in uh, both the special operations community, the uh, intelligence community as well, who were there in support of President Trump because these guys are conservatives. They're, they're genuine heroes. And, um, you know, they're getting out there and, and one of them even told me, he even told me when we were talking, he said, you know, I, I knew that it was a bad idea. It, it, it screamed bad idea from all my experience, all my training, everything, but I had to go despite it all. I had to go because I know what they did. I know that they stole the election. I know what happened here. I know that that there is not election transparency. There's not vote. That, you know, there's not voter transparency. We don't have that oversight. We know that there were all these voter irregularities. All of this stuff happened. Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Virginia, 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 which which was was uh, you know. Ballots were literally removed. The ballot count was literally removed on live TV, and that happened even on Fox. But Fox's controlled opposition, I've contended that for a long time now. All right. But we're, we're coming up on, on that anniversary. We have people who are absolutely political prisoners. Meanwhile, Antifa's people, who absolutely did assault federal officers, absolutely did throw improvised explosive devices at the federal courthouse in Portland and have committed countless other acts of violence, vandalism, arson, assault, assault on officers. They go free and they continue to go free. And yet when the right does anything, when the right does anything is any sort of reprisal, they are uh, shouted down, punched down, killed, in this case, and, and uh, not simply just Ashley Babbitt either, who is a martyr, absolute martyr for the Patriot cause. 
but uh, the other lady who who unfortunately lost her life, who who was beaten by the Capitol Police, and we know now, we know now that the Capitol Police themselves apparently answered to Nancy Pelosi, which is very very interesting that they answered to the Speaker of the House. That's a dangerous thing, and it is a very interesting scenario in which we find ourselves because uh, there's a, a dark comedy film out there uh, that, uh, and I like dark comedies. I like dark. I'm, I'm kind of, it's kind of kind of my style. I, I Slapstick humor is, is all good and well, but I really like dark comedies, things that sit with you for a little while it's like you're you're laughing at it on its face but but there's something deep happening here uh and you're thinking man you know maybe this isn't as funny as it's being presented but uh excellent movie out there called the death of stalin and uh it's got steve buscemi in it and a list of of other really well-known actors um jason isaacs is in it of course if you've seen the patriot uh, with Mel Gibson, you know, of him as uh, Benassar Talton and uh, or Colonel Tavington, rather, the, the character that Benassar Talton was based on uh, or the vice versa. I'm getting words mixed up. Uh, Benassar Talton, Colonel Tavington was based on Benassar Talton. There we go. There we go. Got it out. Uh, but anyhow, uh, Jason Isaacs, wonderful actor, uh, wonderful actors, uh, Jeffrey uh, Temblor's in it as well, and uh, just, just wonderful actors across the board. And, and it is literally the Soviet Politburo immediately following the death of Joseph Stalin. And so here you have all these guys that are, that are, are the central committee of the Supreme Soviet in the USSR, and now all of a sudden the, the strongman, uh, Joseph Stalin is dead. And Berea, who had been the head of the NKVD and was instrumental in creating the KGB and was literally hated by everyone there. But they all feared him because he had something all of them. He had his own private police. Now, the NKVD had their own secret police. They had a covert arm and they had an overt arm as well. Uh, the Felix Durzinski brigade uh, motorized brigade and so they attempted a coup and it was a quick coup that he had attempted to take power away from the rest of the central uh planning committee and there was counter coup and they took him out they gave him a trial uh used a hammer for a gavel and uh literally executed him right there uh it's it's pretty it, it is a very very dark comedy to watch but it is a very uh i will say relevant movie to watch concerning the situation here in the united states today that's exactly where we find ourselves and interestingly enough you know they could call it an insurrection. They could call it, uh, you know, the, the mainstream media who's now out there crying about PTSD. Uh, they wouldn't know PTSD if I carved it in their heads with a bayonet. But, um, you know, they're, they're out there really, really hammering home this, this idea that it was an insurrection. What it really was, what really occurred there, and I think a strong case can be made, is that we did have a military coup. We had a left-wing military coup that occurred. We know Mark Milley. We've talked about him a lot on this podcast, who has been a dyed-in-the-wool communist from the very beginning. Uh, this guy is, is hes a slimeball. He ran to the communist Chinese. Uh, he made his senior officers and his staff swear an oath of allegiance to him and only him. He went and met with uh, Nancy Pelosi. And she, of course, has her Capitol Police out there that's in uniform, uh, who killed Ashley Babbitt that day at a minimum, uh, at a minimum, and, and that was one of the Capitol Police that did that. And, you know, there you go. Uh, it, and, of course, he, he runs to her, then he goes to the Chinese. And how any of this is legal is beyond me. How they could even justify any of this in their minds is beyond me. And yet we have the left in this nation 
uh, who believes, they truly believe they're more powerful than they actually are. Uh, I contend that they're, they're a much smaller minority in this nation than they think. Uh, the media has tricked you into believing that they have uh, much greater numbers than they actually do. Uh, I think that, that when they begin to kick things off, whenever that time is, and, and I think that, that that time is inevitable, by the way. I don't think that it is a possibility at this point. I think that it is inevitable, and you need to be doing everything doubling down to prepare yourself for it. But... They are finding themselves in a situation where they really need to uh, hammer home the propaganda that you're outnumbered, that you are uh, powerless against this government. And the, the whole thing, the, the whole dragnet that the FBI put out there, um, you know, and, and rolling up the Patriots and keeping them there. Of course, I talked about a lot of this in the interrogation resistance series, uh, the patrons series. But now there has been a shift. Now there has been a uh, shift in the narrative. If you know anything about propaganda and information operations, which are related but somewhat mutually exclusive, and I'm going to be talking a lot more about that in the future. But if you know anything about propaganda, especially the analysis of enemy propaganda, it relies very heavily on the creation of a narrative. And that narrative has to continue. It has to go on. So that's why you see uh, the the Q stuff that keeps going um, out there. The, the you know QAnon and deep state this and Patriots in control. And all this. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm a results based guy, so show me the results. And I'm not seeing any results, so I'm going to continue acting accordingly. But being somebody who's trained to understand propaganda, and especially enemy propaganda, you know, uh, I do know that they, f they fear what we are capable of. They fear, they absolutely fear, uh, as I talked about in one of the recent episodes, that, that veterans are the vanguard, that the, the powered elite fears in this country because it's not a deep state that's in charge it is the powered elite that is in charge. Um, you know, the, the, this whole deep state stuff is, is kind of silly on its face. And it's, it sounds like to me, and it looks like to me something that they made up for us to say so that it's a smoke screen. So we don't, we don't, we're not really discussing who's actually in charge and who's, who's running things up there. Right. <clears throat> so, I've got this article that went up on AmericaPartisan.org. I put it up uh, back on December 29th, so getting close to a week ago, uh, that America is closer to a civil war than any of us would like to believe, CIA advisor warns. And, of course, this was uh, coming from The Guardian, which uh, The Guardian is a, a far-left uh, news outlet from Britain that likes to disguise itself as a very legitimate news outlet. It has a very, uh, the, the layout of the website is very clean, very plain. It is designed to appeal to uh, people in, in governmental positions. That's kind of its, its, its aim there. It's, it's very non-tabloid. If you know anything at all about British culture, uh, they have a very serious dichotomy in their media between um, tabloid and, and the look of tabloid things and how tabloid stuff is presented to the way the news is presented. It's, it's a very stark contrast where here in the United States, we don't really have that as much. Uh, but anyway, I, I digress. In, into this story, uh, one of the world's leading experts on political violence and terrorism is sounding the alarm on the state of democracy in America, warning that the country is increasingly on the path to being caught up in the throes of a second civil war. Barbara F. Walter, uh, not Barbara Walters, not her, but Barbara F. Walter, a political science professor at the University of California at San Diego, has served on an advisory panel run by the Central Intelligence Agency for the past several years, that claims to predict where in the world a civil war, political violence, and instability is likely to break out, she said in an interview with CNN, Communist News Network, on Sunday. 
where she discussed her new book out in January, How Civil Wars Start and How to Stop Them. Of course, she's got a book coming out because uh, communists all of a sudden really like to become capitalists when, when they can. Uh, no one wants to believe that their beloved democracy is in decline or headed towards war, she writes in the excerpt. But if you were an analyst in a foreign country looking at events in America, the same way that you'd look at events in Ukraine or the Ivory Coast, Venezuela, you would go down a checklist assessing each of the conditions that make war likely. And what you would find is that the United States, a democracy founded more than two centuries ago, has entered a very dangerous territory. The two best predictors of whether violence is likely to break out are based on if a country is an anocracy and if ethnic entrepreneurs have emerged in a country that are using racial, religious, or ethnic divisions to try to gain political power, Walter said on CNN. She described an anocracy as a fancy term for a partial democracy. And uh, as you might guess, it generated some interesting conversations. Piece generated uh, quite a bit. First thing you got to know, she's a political science professor and uh, poli-sci professors, much like uh, sociology professors, criminology professors, what have you. Um, you would be very hard-pressed to find uh, one single, even centrist uh, among them. Most of them are very, very uh, hard left uh, to the left of Bernie Sanders. And so, uh, obviously, there's some internal bias going on there and, and a skewed view on things. That's not necessarily what's important here. Uh, the first thing that I want to analyze is... Uh, her two best predictors, so anocracy, uh, a partial democracy. So I'm going to agree with that. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely going to agree with that. We do have a partial democracy. We do not have election transparency. The left, if they actually believed in principle rather than their um, Marxist revolution, which is what they really believe in. They don't believe in, in democracy. Uh, democracy is a loaded term as well. Every communist nation on earth claims that it's a democracy. Democracy is simply 51%. Uh, 51% rule, simple majority. That, that's democracy. We do not live in a democracy. We live in a republic. We live in a republic. Um, you know, and, and that is uh, shared power at, at each one of the levels. Of course, this, this poli-sci professor knows this, and, and that's why she's, she is very purposefully using blanket terms here uh, to obf obfuscate the, um, the, the true objective and the true nature of what it is she's saying here. But we do have a partial democracy. The, the left should have been the ones who were out there clamoring the hardest for election integrity and election transparency. They have in the past... And yet they turned a complete blind eye to these states where there was rampant voter fraud that was occurring. Rampant voter fraud. Okay, so we do have a partial democracy. We have a group here in the United States I talked about with James Wesley Rawls in the last episode that's actively being marginalized. That's us. Okay, that's us. That is conservatives. That is Christians. And unfortunately, that is white males. If you go to any college campus out there you're, you're going to be demonized if you fall into one of those categories you know in, in a nation and in a society that prides itself on equality or at least gives lip service to it that seems awfully unequal does it not does it not it's pretty marxian too but when you have a partial democracy when you have places like new york that says that they're not going to uh, give you monoclonal antibody treatment or remsevere for COVID treatment based on race, based on racial qualifications. If the tables were turned, where would we be? So I digress. Uh, we have a, a partial democracy. We absolutely have a partial democracy. We have uh, them trying to push through the, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, which is going to give uh, them quite literally blank check to run roughshod and have a one-party system, a uniparty system. Well, that that is a partial democracy. That's a partial democracy right there. So yes, I agree. 
I agree. I do not agree. I have a very strong feeling we do not agree on how we arrive to this agreement, uh, the underlying logic. But I do agree with your conclusion. Uh, Now, when ethnic entrepreneurs have emerged in a country that are using racial, religious, or ethnic divisions to try to gain power, uh, Walter said on CNN, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We've got a lot of examples of that. We have a lot of examples of that. So uh, we, we have people who are literally using it, it. I literally just laid the case out there of groups that are using their categorical existence to attempt to gain power. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that she is correct. So, nobody wants to believe their beloved democracy is in decline. Well, we live in a Republican. Yes, it absolutely is is in decline and headed towards a cataclysm because we do not have the affirmation of borders, language, and culture. You have to have those three. You have to have those three to have a sovereign nation. That which can issue laws. You, you must absolutely have that. Nobody wants to believe their beloved democracy is in decline. If you were an analyst in a foreign country looking at events in America the same way you'd look at you, events in Ukraine or the Ivory Coast of Venezuela, you would go down a checklist assessing each of the conditions that make civil war likely. Absolutely. I, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. And as somebody who has studied conflict sociology a lot, and I would say in detail because I am a conflict theory sociologist, meaning I understand Marx and I understand the conditions of revolution and I recognize when they are coming about because that is quite literally why insurgencies happen. Yes, and you created it. The left created it. The left created this mess. Because they couldn't leave it alone. They couldn't leave the nation alone. This nation that has done so much for so many. They couldn't leave it alone. And they've opened the borders. They have corrupted it. And they erased the rule of law. They erased the rule of law. We don't have any even semblance of the rule of law. Any longer. We have a dual system of justice. And that is very obvious to anyone who is looking at it on its face. The CIA analyst. You know, CIA advi- analyst. You're, you're nothing more than uh, a left-wing, washed-up political science professor. And I looked at some of your stuff online. You, do, you don't do anything more than blame the right for all the problems of the world out there. You know, and this... But we could dive really deep into that. And, and that could... could go into a targeted rant, and I'm not going to do that, because even though that I know that people like her are the ones who are quite literally responsible for all this, because they don't have a shred of decency among them, not one single shred, because they believe in internationalism, first and foremost. They do not believe in a strong United States, especially University of California at San Diego. Well, there you go, University of California system, Berkeley, That's where all this stuff started. That's where all this stuff started. Really, really took hold in the 1960s. It was the epicenter of it. And it affected uh, like like termites taking out the the foundation of a country. University of California system. There you go. Uh, There you go. But anyway... on his face, and, and there was a lot of comments that, that were uh, good, bad, indifferent, whatever. They, they sought to attack the author, uh, you know, Barbara Walter or whatever. You know, look, that, that's a coping skill that, that a lot of you did in the comments. And I didn't really comment on it much. It doesn't matter, okay? That's not why that, it, that piece is put up. I could slide into doing that too, and I'm not going to. All right, I'm not going to. I'm simply going to point out some facts. They are changing their narrative. And that is very, very important to understand. The language is shifting in their narrative. 
they are beginning to recognize this concept of civil war. And guess what? They're going to blame it on us. I go on. So there's another piece from The Guardian over here. Uh, categorized. Now, again, I'll remind you, The Guardian is, is um, you know, left-wing publication, far left-wing publication. And they have a category uh, that says the far right. Uh, of course, it's all lowercase, you know, the, the far right. Uh, written by Stephen Marshy uh, over um, uh, staff columnist on The Guardian. And this piece is titled, The Next U.S. Civil War is Already Here. We Just Refuse to See It. Um, and uh, in this piece, the right has recognized that the system is in collapse and it has a plan. Violence and solidarity with treasonous far-right factions. Okay, right there. Um, so, violence and solidarity are the two cornerstones of communist praxis. Uh, violence and solidarity is is what is implied. Anybody that's familiar with communist insurgencies knows that the raised fist quite literally means that. It, it means solidarity and the assurance of violence of a proletariat that is rising up. Violence and solidarity is left-wing terms. Okay. Uh, with treasonous far-right factions. Tre- okay, so um, you mean treason like General Mark Milley, who is a communist, who is absolutely a, a Marxist. His, uh, his honors thesis from Princeton University in his undergrad, uh, he's writing in praise of uh, the, the IRA's uh, anti-imperialist, in, in his words, anti-imperialist struggle against the, the imperialist British. Okay, so he's he's far left wing hack that made himself uh, got himself by hook or by crook in charge of the the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and he goes and he calls his Marxist Maoist buddy over in the Chinese Communist Party, right, and tells him, no, 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 don't worry, we're not going to attack you, right? I w- I think that's treason. I think Charles Lieber, uh, Professor Emeritus Charles Lieber over at Harvard who has been giving technology, he's the world's leading expert on nanoscience, chemistry, and biology, and he's giving that technology, actively was giving that that technology to the Chinese. He was just convicted for it. That's treason. That is treason. The last persons to be convicted of treason, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, giving the bomb, the bomb, the atomic weapon, to the Soviets, I doubt they were far-right extremists. So anyhow, uh, that's right off the top. So nobody wants what's coming. So nobody wants to see what's coming. On the eve of the first civil war, the most intelligent, the most informed, the most dedicated people in the United States could not see it coming. Even when Confederate soldiers began their bombardment of Fort Sumter, nobody believed that conflict was inevitable. The North was so unprepared for war, they had no weapons. What? It's, okay, so this first, this, this first paragraph, I, I can't believe this man is, is literally this stupid. Uh, the eve of the first civil war, the eve of the first civil war, there was already a nation. Uh, the, the South Carolina had already seceded, and they gave their eviction notice to Fort Sumter. I mean, that, that was that was actually a legal grievance that was there. So you got to go, and federal troops weren't going to leave, and the North was so unprepared for war they had no weapons. Uh, no, they they totally did have an army. We had just wrapped up the uh, U.S. Mexico War which most of the staff officers that would leave the Union Army, uh, then the United States Army, and come to the Confederate States Army, uh, they all fought in it and were staff officers, and most of them had graduated or had been uh, cadre for one another at West Point. Uh, so I don't... This this is dumb. Uh, that, that first... That, that first paragraph there is is so ignorant that it's 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 almost mind blowing. Um, 
could could not see it coming. We saw it coming in the 1850s. What the hell was it? The 1856 compromise? What was bleeding Kansas? What was uh, John Brown's raid on on Harper's Ferry? Uh, nobody could see it coming. I mean, really, nobody could see it coming. Uh, man, this is stupid. So, but let's go on. Let's just bear through this. Oh, and of course, he he wrote a book. He's got a link to his book here that that's uh, half right and half blue. It's just, uh, and it looks like it's torn. It says the next civil war uh, by Stif- Stefan Marche. Uh, he's got an E on the end of his uh, on both first name and last name. Uh, in Washington. In the winter of 1861, Henry Adams, the grandson of John Quincy Adams, declared that not one man in America wanted the Civil War or expected or intended it, uh, which is true. Nobody wanted it, but they did expect it, and and they expected it far earlier than 1861, so uh, I don't think that quote is correct. South Carolina Senator James Chestnut, who did more than most to bring on the advent of the catastrophe, promised to drink the uh, all the blood spilled in the entire conflict. The common wisdom at the time was that he would have to drink not a thimble, right? Because everybody uh, said we have the Tenth Amendment, and we can just go apart, you know, go go part ways, right? That that was that was the thing, uh, the Tenth Amendment. And of course, after the Civil War, the Tenth Amendment was no more. Uh, but the United States today is once again headed for civil war, and once again it cannot bear to face it. Uh, you mean like Antifa burning cities down for the past few summers, and are going to be doing it again leading up to the twenty twenty two midterm elections? Uh, the political problems are both structural and immediate. The crisis, both longstanding and accelerating, the American political system has become so overwhelmed by anger that even the most basic tasks of government are increasingly impossible. Well, because government in the United States is designed not to function, uh, the legal system grows less legitimate by the day. Uh, you don't say. You don't say uh, when we have an obvious dual system of justice. Uh, trust in government at all levels is in free fall or like Congress with approval ratings hovering around 20% cannot fall any lower. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. It can go lower than that. Uh, check out our vice president. Uh, check out uh, Miss Miss Kamala Harris. Check out her approval rating. It, it'll go lower. Or maybe CNN's ratings. Uh, right now, elected sheriffs openly promote resistance to federal authority, as they should. That is their duty as part of their office. They owe their constituency their loyalty, not the federal government. Uh, that That is fairly explicit in U.S. code as well as uh, all state codes. Uh, right now, militias train and arm themselves in preparation for the fall of the republic. As they have the right to do so. They, they absolutely have the right to do so. I wonder if you consulted uh, John Brown Gun Club on that. Because they are absolutely doing the same thing. And openly advertise that fact. Including a political science professor from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Uh, right now, doctrines of a radical, unachievable, messianic freedom. A messianic freedom. Uh, no, I, I, I do not have a messianic freedom. Um, my Messiah uh, died on a cross and, and will be coming back. It's, but anyway, uh, spread across the internet on talk radio, on cable television, in the malls. In the malls? Anybody going to the malls no more? What? Uh, the consequences of the breakdown of the American system is now only beginning to be felt. January 6th wasn't a wake-up call. It was a rallying cry. The Capitol Police have seen threats against members of Congress increase by 107%. Fred Upton, Republican representative from Michigan, recently shared a message that he received. I hope you die. I hope everybody in your family dies. I bet it was a conservative that sent that one. That, that really, that actually, that sounds like something a uh, deranged leftist would send as pink hair. 
And it's not just politicians, but anyone involved in the running of the electoral, uh, electoral system. Death threats have become the standard aspect of the work of life, election supervisors, and school board members. A third of poll workers and in the aftermath of 2020 said they felt unsafe. Well, it comes with the territory. Uh, you, you, it's it's going to happen. It comes with the territory. Uh, maybe you should do more to answer your constituency and might not have problems. Uh, but there, there's crazy people out there. I've had crazy people come after me too, uh, saying all sorts of nice things and, and whatever is, is what it is. It comes with the territory. If, if you don't have the courage to stand up to that and continue doing what you're doing, uh, then maybe, maybe whatever it is you're doing ain't for you. It's just something to think about. Uh, but anyway, under such conditions, a, uh, party politics have become mostly a distraction. The parties and the people in the parties no longer matter so much one way or another. Blaming one side or the other offers a perverse species of hope. If only more moderate Republicans were in office. If only bipartisanship could be restored to what it was. Uh, which is a quote not attributed to anyone. Uh, what about Democrats? What about the radical left uh, out there? What about them? What about let's get rid of some of them? Hmm? If only more moderate Republicans were in office. Uh, huh. Okay. So you're, you're actually, this, this is a very interesting quote that you have here because you're not interested in bipartisanship at all. You just want a placeholder that's going to rubber stamp some asshole like Dan Crenshaw who sings all the, the, the correct tunes when it's election time, but then he turns around and sides with you on everything, right? Oh, yeah, as, as Obama used to say about uh, people like Mitch McConnell, these are the Republicans I like. Hmm. Yep. Right. Such hopes are not only reckless but irresponsible. The problem is not who is in power but the structures of power. Okay, so you're you this now we have shifted to a structural argument here. You you actually want the structures themselves brought down, which means in short, you're advocating revolution. That's what you're looking for. You're advocating revolution here. Revolution never ends with more freedom of the people. Communist revolution, and, and let's let's just admit this. Why don't you just take the veil off here? That's exactly what you are. You are a communist. You are a Marxist. That is why you are writing over on The Guardian. That is what The Guardian is. It is an outlet for that that pretends that it's legitimate. At least outlets like Vice out there, which are one and the same as this ideologically, they at least admit it. They're at least giving you the dirty underside of the left. But you can't do that. You're painting a, a rosy picture. Well, we have, we have this moral high ground. Goes on to quote, the white supremacists in the United States are not a marginal force. They're inside its institutions. Oh, is that a fact? Uh, is that a fact like like the communists? Uh, they're inside its institutions. That's, um, boy, that's, that's quite a statement. Uh, that is quite a statement that is baseless. You, you are uh, referencing an FBI special agent named Michael German. Uh, what an ironic name, who worked undercover against domestic terrorists during the 1990s, which, of course, you know, the, the only domestic terrorist that exists to you people is anybody that's uh, uh, conservative with a firearm, uh, but knows that white power's sympathies within police departments hamper domestic terrorism cases. Uh, is that a fact? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I'm not really sure. I am familiar, uh, quite familiar with the, uh, the talking point here. I'm quite familiar with how investigations occur into these things. And I'm, I'm sorry, I don't see it. Uh, as somebody who's studied this stuff academically and, uh, been an advisor myself, I, I don't see it. Uh, going on down, of course, I'm not going to read through this entire thing, but, uh, the, the money quote here, the right has recognized that the left has not, the system is in collapse. The right has a plan. It involves violence and solidarity. 
They have not abjured even the Oath Keepers. Well, I guess they don't read this this guy, Stif- Stephen Stefan, whatever your name is, um, whatever. Uh, you you haven't read Revolver lately, have you? Uh, you don't get out much, but <laughs> haven't abjured even the Oath Keepers. Um, the left, meanwhile, has chosen infighting as their sport. <clears throat> okay, uh, yeah, I, I'm not real sure. You're, you're the ones who have been out there literally burning the street down summer after summer after summer, burning, running wild in the streets, burning businesses down, destroying, looting, assaulting people, threatening people in their homes, like what happened uh, last summer in uh, uh, St. Louis. You know, this, this is absolutely ridiculous. All of this is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it would be entirely possible for the United States to implement a modern electoral system to restore the legitimacy of the courts, to reform its police forces, to root out domestic terrorism, and to alter its tax code to address inequality, to prepare its cities and its agriculture for the effects of climate change, to regulate and control the mechanisms of violence. All of these futures possible. When they say control the mechanisms of violence, by the way, that means civilian disarmament. Uh, a little, little bit of language there. All of these futures are possible. There is one hope, however, that must be rejected outright, the hope that everything will work out by itself, that America will bumble along into better times. It won't. Americans have believed their country is an exception, a necessary nation. It is an exception, and it is a necessary nation. And that's why you're wrong, you communist sack of shit. If history has shown us anything, it's that the world doesn't have any necessary nations. Aha, uh-huh, right. So you're an internationalist. Okay, you're right there. It doesn't have any necessary nations. So you don't believe in borders, language, or culture. You don't believe in any of that. You believe only in this internationalist garbage that has never worked. Okay, it's never worked. Even in the workers' paradise, the Soviet Union, they had internal border troops where they guarded the individual republics inside of the USSR. Why is that? Why is that? Because it doesn't work. Because the ideology that you're espousing here doesn't work. Implement a modern electoral system? No, the electoral system, the electoral college we have, works just fine. It works just fine. And it's very ironic that you have no problem with it when it works to your favor. But you can't wrangle enough votes to make it always work in your favor. And that's what you want. You want the final defeat, the final squelching of any voices contrary to yours. And you ain't gonna get it. To restore the legitimacy of the courts? Okay, so how about we have treason trials right here, right now? We got enough people. Charles Lieber? Yeah. Put him right on up there. Mark Milley? Put him right on up there, too. There's two candidates. You want to restore the legitimacy of the courts? That's how you begin. Get a rope. Reform its police forces? No. Policing is best done at the most local level and the most limited level. After all, that's exactly what you're arguing for when you say defund the police, is it not? Root out domestic terrorism. That's easy. Clean out the universities. Clean them out. Every one of you professors, every one of you people that's hiding in academia is sitting out there saying that you're you're conducting participant activism out there. That's code word for communist insurrectionary. You are the guided intelligentsia that's out there that is creating this as the Frankfurt School and Antonio Gramsci out there as they advocated because you are dyed-in-the-wool Marxists and followers of that ideology. So you want to talk domestic terrorism? We saw domestic terrorism. We saw it. Alter the tax code to address inequality? Yeah, let's do that. National flat tax. There you go. Boom. Everybody pay 1%. 1% of what you make. Keep 99% of it. Boom. Prepare its cities and its agriculture for the effects of climate change. Prove it. Climate change is not something that's been proven, by the way. It was global cooling. It was global warming. It was climate change. And then we had uh, uh, the, the little girl out there telling us, you know, uh, telling us how to live as if she knows anything about anything. Had to be rescued off of her own dinghy trying to get across uh, the Atlantic by herself. Right? It's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. 
Uh, they're flying her around on Learjets, right? Ref- this this whole idea of climate change, all this is, is stratification of classes. That's all it is, and, and you're going to be a permanent surf out there. And that's after that's after the mass die-offs happen, because it's already occurring. We're already seeing it. The insurance adjusters that are getting out there that are reporting that the the 40% increase in the death rate, the aggregate death rate that's out there. You can't hide these numbers. Okay. Regulate and control mechanisms of violence, which means civil disarmament ain't happening. Full stop. Come and take it, buddy. Come and take it. I'm out there training others. And I'm going to continue doing so. I'm going to continue doing so. And I'm not going to stop. And you know why I'm not going to stop? I'm doubling down on what I'm doing. I'm working that much harder. I'm cranking out podcasts at 12 midnight at 1 o'clock in the morning. Two and three times a day. Getting content out there. Running websites that are completely counter to this garbage right here. That's why I work so damn hard. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because there absolutely is an insurgency going on in this country. There's absolutely a civil war that's being fomented because you have created it. You have laid the the foundation down. And nobody, nobody out there that has seen the absolute horror and the terror of war wants it. I have. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say you haven't. And so this entire op-ed and probably your your complete trash book too that you're advertising here that all of 10 people are going to buy, it's a waste of paper. I bet it's just a masturbatory fantasy book about killing us all off, right? The suppression of anybody who doesn't think like you so that you can achieve your utopia. You see, folks, it's a narrative that they are spinning. It is a narrative that they have created here. And it is very important to understand and recognize that the left is openly talking about civil war and not from fringe corners of the left either. This is mainstream leftists. This is publications that people in governmental positions of power are reading. It is very, very important that you double down on what you are doing now. That you step up your training game. That you step up your preparedness game. And that you get ready. On the one year anniversary of the coup that we saw. Because that's exactly what it was. The storming of the Capitol building. The entrance of the Capitol building. That was led on by agents provocateur. We got direct evidence of it. That's been beat to death. But we need to beat it some more. It's all out there. But that evidence right there. That was a smokescreen for what was really happening. With Nancy Pelosi. Mark Milley. Lloyd Austin. Putting this stooge. This guy who's mentally incompetent, Joe Biden, he's been a doofus his entire 40-year miserable existence of being a grifter in D.C. and all too happy to spread death and destruction in many corners of the world that he wants to send your sons and daughters to go do. No blood for Burisma. No blood for Biden's oil company. The oil company of the power elite out there on Russia's doorstep. Russia wants an open door with the West. They want peace just like anybody else. They're not perfect. Not perfect by any means. And we should trust but verify. But at the same time, we shouldn't be trying to start a war either. Especially over profits. And yet that's exactly what they're asking us to do. On this one year anniversary... January 6th of the coup against a lawful and dutifully sitting president of the United States to install this clown show that has absolutely wrecked this economy in the years since, absolutely wrecked this nation in the years since. Double down on what you're doing. I don't know how much of a bigger wake-up call it could be. 
But you need to get out there and do something, and you need training. Brushbeater.org slash training calendar. You're going to see the dates that are up there. Like I said, I'm doubling down. I've got dates that are going up all the way into October. I've got a couple for November that are going to get added up there as well. And uh, that's going to be it for the year, but it's up there. You need to get out there. You need to get training. If you're in any sort of position of authority and you're listening to this podcast, you need to understand that the nation, this republic, is in an extremely high amount of danger at the hands of a communist insurrection that has been running unabated in this nation. They've attained the reins of power and they are struggling to maintain it. Do not be a part of the problem. Be a part of the solution. Stand up. Be counted. Prepare yourselves. Prepare others. And with that said... May God bless you all. May he keep you. Go forth and do great things. This is NC Scout, out.